The Dead Pair Podcast is brought to you by the Elite Experience Elite Shotguns and is fueled by Fioki. Oh! Welcome to the Dead Pair Podcast, coming in hot with everything you want to hear about sporting clays. Guy Fieri. How are you, gentlemen? Thanks for having me. Anthony Batteries Jr., how you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty well. Welcome back, David Radulovic. That's a net positive. <laughs> Brad Kidd. Corey Cruz. Thank you for joining us this evening. Now I feel awkward. With your hosts, Jason Rambo. One more Red Bull for you. And Sean Alley. Woo, yeah! Christmas. Let's do it. Often imitated, but never duplicated. It's the Dead Pair Podcast. And now, it's showtime. What's up, Lords in the Charge? Oh, how you doing, Jason? Been a little bit. Uh, doing real good. Um, figured out some stuff with my shooting. Uh, I'm going to share that with everybody here real soon. Got a little bit of an eye, uh, eye dominance thing going on, um, but uh, look for an episode coming up on that soon. Pretty incredible way that we're dealing with it. We're fixing it. So, but shooters, shooting's getting a lot better. Um, was able to win double A at the Blackjack Open, and I won the Masters double A shoot off on the make or break. So that was kind of a cool little feat for me. I was really excited about that. Of course, I won against Malcolm Parker, and I felt bad, so I don't know. <laughs> I mean, how, how do you beat the nicest guy in the sport and feel good about it? You know, it just, it just didn't feel right. It so. ain't right. ain't right. No. Well, you'll uh, be happy to know. You, uh, well, I was going to say, you'd be happy to know I actually did make it out to uh, Cardinal Center with two new people, uh, Jeff and Mike. Uh, both of those guys are electricians, and the people I was talking about to you earlier did a little bit of uh, shooting with those guys. They're hooked uh, deep. And, uh, nice. I, I think they shot like 500 targets there. So, uh, talking to them next about, you know, maybe shooting registered tournaments, but we're going to kind of take it one step at a time, but those guys were great. Uh, gave them some pointers and stuff. And I, I think they're doing fine. They're going to have a lot of fun. Well, you know, funny story about that, Sean, uh, while I was down at blackjack, um, for the open, which by the way, that shoot was phenomenal. There wasn't a lot of people there. I, I thought there'd be more people there than what was there. Uh, but the staff just did a, just an absolutely jam up job. Um, the vendors were all there in full force. Um, of course they did a great job as always. I don't think they get enough credit. You know, we ought, we ought to, we ought to mention that a little bit more often the vendors, you know, they spend a lot of time and money to go to these shoots and they're really appreciated by the shooters. Absolutely. Um, but while I was there, I was standing in the rhino rig. Thank you very much, by the way, rhino chokes. And I had a guy jump up in the trailer and I was scared. This guy's probably a good foot taller than me, pretty good physical condition. And I thought, oh, oh, here we go. He got in my face and he said, you dirty, rotten, just called me some names. And I thought, "Uh uh-oh. And he goes, you cost me and my wife $40,000. I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, what did I do? And he said, we found y'all's podcast and we're hook, line, and sinker. We're buying guns and ammo and all of that. And and then the laughter started, you know. (laughs) Uh and, uh, it, you know, it was a really cool story. And he said, oh, it gets a little deeper than that. And I said, what do you mean? He said, we're from Toledo, Ohio. We just bought a house five minutes down the road from Blackjack so we could shoot more. So <laughs> the stories continue. And I think that's kind of fitting for our podcast tonight. Uh, Sean, we've got two new shooters coming on that are both elderly and retired. And I think the theme of this podcast needs to be it's never too late. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I agree. And that, that is awesome. I mean, that's, that's such a good thing, uh, that he was laughing around with you. Uh, it, it's just so cool to find guys and gals that are out there that get into the sport and then they come up to us and give us a hard time, but then you know it, they love it. They love every second yeah. of it, no matter what it costs them or no matter what it takes. And that's just, that's what it is. Yeah, so. for sure. It was, it was a cool story and, uh, what a nice gentleman too. I mean, I know he, he probably did that to scare me and it worked. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I had a, I had a ball talking to him. Uh, wasn't able to catch up with him again. I was hoping to find him again before the end of the shoot. And maybe we could have done a little quick Facebook live or something, but maybe we'll see him. I'm sure we'll see him, Sean, as we go to Caribbean and Jack links and that, um, Hey, Sean, real quick. We've got a tourney talk to get to. Yep, we do. It's tourney talk. <laughs> to you by score chaser 
All right, guys, just got one update for you. The Michigan State Championship at Detroit Gun Club, June 20th through the 23rd, and the Minnesota State Championship at Hunts Point Club, August 21st through the 25th, have both opened for registration. So get in there and get your spots reserved before they sell out. Awesome. You know, Sean, it's the great sponsors that we have. Uh, Elite Shotguns, thank you very much. Uh, Sean, don't know if you saw, but it's finally launched, uh, Fioki USA, their website, FiokiUSA.com is now got a page for, uh, if you go to, I think it's the lifestyle link, um, on their page, it's got a page for all their media partners. It's got, uh, us, uh, the dead pair podcast. It's got the clay lab. It also has trap shooters United on there, but it's got all of our podcast episodes. You can play them right from their website. So thank you very much to Fioki for doing that. Um, really cool. Another avenue for our podcast. So thank you very much. Definitely. And also we got to thank Elite Shotguns. If you need a gun of any shape and size, they can take care of you. I actually bought myself a Christmas present. Hadn't told you about that yet, Jason, but I did buy me a 12-gauge side-by-side. Been wanting one of those for years. Uh, got a CZ sharp tail, And of course, the guys there hooked me up and uh, very, very happy with that so far. Oh, I already know all about it. I think it's hilarious. I think it's awesome. But uh, as soon as I get my meat hooks on that ProSign Studio card, I'll be ordering myself one. Anyway, uh, there you go. <laughs> moving on from that, like I said, uh, I was down there with the from the folks from Rhino Chokes. Um, thank you very much, uh, Rhino Chokes. Um, our, our barrel porting. Um, you know, I had a guy came up to me at that shoot said, man, I'm nervous. I'm here to get my barrels ported and you talked me into it. And, you know, and I said, well, Sean and I have our guns ported and we love it and we'll never have a competition gun without one. So he, uh, he got his barrel port. In fact, Sean, he was there with Frank Bruno and he went and got his barrel ported and, uh, was heading out to make a break. And I thought, now's a good time for me to leave. <laughs> so there you go. I was actually headed out the door anyway, but I'm hoping to, Hoping to run into him. I'm sure he's going to be all smiles when I see him. But uh, thank you very much to Rhino Chokes. We, we love what you all do for us and uh, love the way you help us out with our guns. Yep. And a big shout out to the folks at RE Ranger. We love those React glasses. Uh, people, if you haven't tried them out yet, they're probably the best things I've ever put on my eyeballs. And they are just awesome at picking up targets. Uh, the way the colors shape off the clays, the way they're able to dampen the backgrounds of the trees and leaves and all that stuff. They are fantastic. Do yourself a favor and uh, give the folks at RE Ranger a chance. Absolutely. I don't shoot without them. In fact, I don't even walk around without Rangers because my walk around glasses are RE Ranger sunglasses that I had prescriptions made for. So Sean, also Odo Pro Technologies. I mean, the gals are amazing. Their customer service, uh, what they do to protect our hearing, some of the best, absolute best products in the industry for protecting your hearing. Yep, definitely. Great, great gals to work with, and they'll definitely take care of you as well. Uh, also, Atlas Traps, American-made Atlas Traps. I'm definitely more impressed with them after spending time in the Atlas booth down at the Nationals last year. So those are well, well-built machines. If anybody needs a good trap or thinking about setting up a five-stand or something, uh, give Jason a call. Uh, people at Atlas are great to deal with, and it's a great product. Yeah, and that new AT200 is flying off the shelves literally uh so if you guys want to put together if you got a little chunk of land you want to put together a five stand or if you're a club that needs all your traps replaced don't hesitate give me a call i'd love to help you out um of course sean alley you know all this fundamental stuff of fixing stuff and you know the eye dominance and everything else but it's the six inches between your ears that can use some tuning up from time to time and there's one lady there's one lady we turn to for that yeah, Miss Dawn Grant, the lovely Dawn Grant, that uh, will take her noodle and straighten it out for you. She's the one to get a, get a hold of if you need some help in that area. Absolutely. Of course, Sean, you're getting ready to head down. Actually, by the time you hear this, it'll just be over with um, the Caribbean Cup at Vero Beach, you know, uh, home of the Dead Pair Blast, home of the Caribbean Cup. Uh, you're talking about a small club that packs a really big punch absolutely love being there it's a beautiful club if you if you're down in florida visiting you owe it to yourself um if you're thinking about coming down man come down to the dead pair blast in december if not come down to the creeping cup in in february it's you'll see why we love it so much absolutely well jason i think we've let these people wait long enough let's give them a call and let's get the show started the dead pair All right, joining us on the phone, a lovely lady we met down at the Dead Pair Blast, Miss Kelly Carter. Kelly, how you doing this evening? 
Hey, I am doing absolutely wonderful. How are you guys doing? Uh, doing awesome, Kelly. Doing awesome. Just saw you over at the Blackjack Open. That was exciting. How'd you shoot over there? Oh, I did okay. I'm, I'm having some issues, you know, working on my mental game. But, you know, I did okay. It was a lot of fun. The targets were great. I think all of us shooters, regardless of where we are in our shooting career, we're always working on something, aren't we? <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> but here's here's... Here's the main question. This is the most important one. Did you have fun? I absolutely had fun. Awesome. Yes. Then it's a win. Then you won. So <laughs> Exactly. Well, for everybody out there, I mean, we've we've met each other and been introduced, but for our listeners, can you tell them a little about yourself, where you're from, all that stuff, just to give them some background? Sure. Um, I live in Zephyr Hills, Florida, which is outside of Tampa. And I've lived in Florida for about 30 years. Um, I grew up in Colorado and I moved to Florida to be near the beach. Um, however, there's a lot of people near the beach. So I live out in the country and I absolutely love living out in the country. Um, I teach uh, biology. I primarily teach anatomy and physiology at a couple of local colleges. Very nice. Very nice. Well, how did you, how did you get started into sporting clays, Kelly? What, what made you pick up the shotgun? Yeah, so in May of 2022, I saw a flyer for the Honeybells, uh, Honeybell Clinic. Um, the Honeybells are a women's group in Florida, women's shooting group. We're part of the Florida Sporting Clay Association. And the Florida Sporting Clay Association supports the Honeybells by, you know, just kind of allowing us to the time and space to be able to work together. So the Honeybell clinics are designed for women teaching women. And so I saw a flyer and I thought, well, let me, I've heard of this. Let me, let me go try it. Right. And I will never forget breaking my first clay, you know, on that first day. And somebody even um, got a picture of it. My face when I broke the first clay, of course, <laughs> it's one of my favorite pictures, <laughs> but I was hooked, you know, from there. Yeah, and so it begins. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> well, I was just going to ask you, so, okay, so you, you went to the Honey Bells event, and then how long was it before you actually were convinced that you needed to go ahead and start shooting registered tournaments? Well, it's funny because, you know, I knew that I was going to be talking with you guys, so I looked up my NSCA records because I knew it wasn't long before I'd entered an event, and it was actually one month later. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, uh, my score was like 20, which is not a huge surprise. But, hey, that's better than zero, right? Yep. So I entered a tournament a little bit too early, I'd say. But, you know, my mindset is I'm going to enter a tournament. I want to see what a tournament is like. And it also gives me feedback on what I need to work on. And you know what? Still to this day, I still take whatever I learned from the tournament, you know, and that's my homework, right? Of things to work on. But yeah, no, it was a, a month later. Um, I, I did a tournament and then it was another four months before I did another one. <laughs> and since then, I have shot almost 7,000 registered targets. So Whoa, and a half. that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, um... So we met you down at the at our dead pair blast in Vero. Um, just real quick, I mean, I know you're new to shooting tournaments, but what was your? Just give us a a score. What do you think of the dead pair blast? Oh, I thought it was great. I mean, one of the main reasons I went is because I wanted to meet both of you and support, you know, the dead pair blast. But I just liked. I mean, the targets were great. They were fair. But everybody just seemed to, I don't know, there was like more camaraderie than there usually is. Um, I think it was because of that you're, you know, what you guys are doing, you know, for shooting. Awesome. Well, that we, we enjoyed meeting you down there. It was a lot of fun. Um, we met mm -hmm. a lot of folks down there, but um, let's, let's get back to your shooting. Are you working with a coach or is anybody giving you lessons or anything helping you out? Yeah. So, you know, when I first started shooting, um, I kind of tried to, you know, mumble through it myself and quickly realized that I needed a coach. But I also found that I was kind of picky about who I wanted to work with. So I worked with several different coaches, instructors, um, just trying to kind of get a feel for who would be the best fit. And for the last year, um, I've been working with a coach that is, his name is Steve Myers. And I've been working with him closely. We 
usually get together about once a month, sometimes every other week, but about once a month. And he gives me things to work on, of course, at our lesson. But then, you know, I kind of have homework to work on until I see him again. So that has been probably the best thing for me is just having a consistent coach to turn to. You know, I will talk to him um, sometimes on my way to a tournament. Um, definitely after a tournament, I always send him my score sheets. We always talk about them. And I have found that to be the most helpful, I think, as my, as I've, as, as I've grown in the sport. Well, if you, if you fumbled around like we did getting started, you probably learn real quick that a coach is your probably going to be the only shortcut you have in this game, right? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Well, and that's something we've preached all along. Uh, and obviously you've taken the advice and, and, and well, basically you've jumped into the deep end with both feet. sounds like Kelly. So <laughs> yes, I have. Yeah. Nice to know. Part of that is because I started listening to your podcast almost immediately after I started shooting. <laughs> there has been so much information that I have learned just from listening to you guys, you know, so I really appreciate everything that you guys have done. Well, well we thank you, Kelly. Yeah. We appreciate that very much. Yeah, I mean, we, we talked a little bit down at the Dead Pair Blast, and you, amongst uh, a handful of others, came up to Jason and kind of had a similar, me and Jason had a similar story. Um, and we do get a lot of people come up to us and say, you know, we're starting to shoot because of you guys and this and that. And it is absolutely still, to this day, humbling for Jason and I. But it's it's the main reason we started the podcast, because when we started, there really wasn't, I mean, when we started shooting registered tournaments, there wasn't really a lot of information out there other than, you know, coaching videos and stuff like that from some of the pros um, so it's been, you know, it's been our life, uh, mission here as far as when we started this thing to, uh, try to get information out there to everybody to help them along this journey, uh, from the very, very beginning and, and moving their way through the sport. Um, and, and as, as I'm saying, talking about that, uh, so how often are you planning on shooting tournaments this year? <laughs> well, we can say that I, I have definitely, uh, gotten the bug. So, so one of the things that happened to me because I started shooting at tournaments um, a little bit too early, of course, when you start off, you're in D class. And so in the fall of 2022, I was in D class. And then last January, when I went through that review that they do, um, I got moved down to E class. And, you know, when that happened, I was just devastated, right? Because I'm like, I'm moving the wrong direction. But of course, I hadn't gotten the punch. I was, you know, still kind of fumbling around trying to figure figure things out. And so I spent all last year in E-class. And, the, you know, E-class, the problem with E-class is that there's never anybody in E-class, right? So, you you know, and and when there is, it's, it's tough competition, you know, for the punches. But it really, really gave me a chance. And yes, I have a lot of registered targets in E-class, but I tell you, for me, that was like my training ground, right? Because so many times I was the only one in E-class, right? So I was at a tournament, but I wasn't really competing against anybody because there was nothing to be won, right? Other than me and the things that I was working on. So I got, a, I punched out of E-class in uh, December, and then I'm almost out of D class already. And here this is, you know, the end of January. So things are starting to come together. And to me, that actually makes me want to shoot more. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I'm going to, uh, you know, here in Florida, I mean, it's nice. Well, I'm the, the, the Florida swing is obviously coming up. But, you know, we have a lot of local tournaments, you know, that I can go to. So I typically go once or twice a month, you know, to tournaments, sometimes more often. But I'm planning on continuing to just shoot as much as I can. I practice whenever I can as well, you know, so that really helps too. So what do you have like, a, oh, I guess you could call it like a radius for your travel? Like, okay, hey, I'm not going any farther than this. Or do you have an area that you stick to? Or is it just? Whatever shoot looks good to you, that's where you're going. <laughs> All of the above, and it also <laughs> depends on where my where my shooting buddies are going. Um, yeah. So for where I live, it takes me two and a half hours to get to Vero. Um, it takes me about two hours and fifteen minutes to get to Quail Creek. But then there's I have five clubs within forty five minutes of me, which would be like Blackjack and Polk and Fishhawk and Tampa Bay. And then Tenerock. So those are five places that are really close to me that I go to all the time. 
Gotcha. And Kelly, Kelly, you mentioned something that I want to touch on, if you don't mind. So, you know, backing up, you saw a flyer for the Honey Bells, and that's what intrigued you to go. So there was nobody else that you knew or friends of yours that were already shooting, correct? That's correct. Okay. So, and that's an important point that Jason and I want to want to mention to everybody out there, because, you know, even if you're alone and you want to get involved in the sport, it's so easy to meet people and become friends with them, whether they live in your area or they shoot at the same clubs that you do or what have you. But it's an amazing thing to see how many nice people are out there. And it sounds like you've already latched onto a group of gals and you guys are out there having fun. Um, you know, anything else you would tell somebody that's kind of on the fence about, you know, eh, should I do this? Should I not do this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that was definitely the hardest part was going to the first tournament. Um, but then even after that, like I said, I waited, you know, a few months before I went again. And it was difficult to show up when you don't know anybody and you don't really know like the proper etiquette and you don't know where to sign in and where to park and, you know, all these things that I had no idea. And, you know, I think the other aspect is being a female, like you're, you're kind of a minority, right. You know, but, um, fortunately, I mean, I, I, I've, you know, I've, I have some experience, you know, teaching and being in front of people and I have some confidence to just go up and start talking to people. And that was like the biggest thing is just, just introduce yourself and talk to people. And, you know, if I need directions or I need some help, or I'm not quite sure how something works, then I just ask, you know, and, but I'm by randomly squatting with people, I have met so many people um, to shoot with and so many people to hang out with and talk to. And, you know, so that's been great. It really awesome. has. Yeah, that's really cool. And, and and to further that along, so let me ask you a quick question. Have you only shot in the state of Florida or have you started to think about stretching your wings and, and getting out of state? Um, I have shot in like Georgia and South Carolina. So I have gone to some of the tournaments up there, some of the bigger tournaments up there. Okay. Well, what do you think is the biggest tournament that you've actually competed in to date? Um, well, that would probably be, uh, I don't know how many people were there, but I went to the Beretta Classic in October. Gotcha. There'd be a lot of people there. Um, <laughs> I don't really know. Yeah. Getting ready to go to the Jack Links. You know, I'm going to shoot a couple days there. And obviously that's a big one. Um, but those, I mean, that's kind of it, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not really that big. I mean, yeah, it's, it's very, very different when there's a lot of people. That's for sure. Well, you're just getting started, number one. And if you're going to go to the Jack Links here in a few weeks, yeah, you're going to see what a big shoot's all about. Yeah. You might be a little bit overwhelmed, but I think you'll have a lot of fun there. Yeah, me too. I'm really looking forward to it. It should be great. So Kelly, just real quick, you are retired. Is that correct? No, I am not retired. No, you're not retired. Okay. <laughs> no. Okay. I was, no. I was just checking. I I wasn't sure. Um, you said, I wasn't sure if you said you used to teach biology or you still did teach biology. That's why. Yeah, I, I still do. Yeah, I still do teach biology. So I finished my PhD five years ago and obviously I did that late in life. And so um, I kind of wanted to keep working and, you know, with that extra money that I make from getting the degree. And so, um, I mean, I'm 57 now, and so I'm going to work for at least another five or six years. You know, okay. so. And of course, I'm working extra to pay for this expensive hobby. <laughs> <laughs> Those daggone shotgun shells are expensive, aren't they? They are. They are, as a matter of fact. Well, I, I just one last question, if I could, Kelly. Um what what are your goals? I mean, are you have you gotten to the point where you're setting goals for yourself as far as your shooting's concerned? Well, it's funny because I have like what I consider to be like smaller goals and then, you know, bigger goals. So, for example, as a smaller goal, so a couple of the places that I go and shoot regularly for practice have an an easier course, right? A softer course, whatever you want to call it. And my goal is to shoot 100 on those softer courses, right? Just because to me, that helps with the consistency and it really helps with the mental game, right? Where you're doing well and you got to keep up with that, you know? So I, I, I really am working on that and trying to, you know, to get to work on that score. That's just for practice, of course. And, you know, ultimately, though, my goal is really just to have a good time with this. You know, I mean, yes, I'm competitive, you know, which is obviously why I like going to the tournaments. But I don't want to be so much in my head and thinking about the competition and wanting to get to a certain class while I'm at the competitions, right? Because to me, 
that is going to have a huge effect on my performance. And so I just like to go and have a good time and try not to get in trouble for having too much fun because I have gotten in trouble for that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. My goodness. Well, I tell you what, that's a, that's a pretty good goal to shoot the hundred straight because the closest I've ever seen anybody come. Well, as far as our friends group goes is Sean, uh, he shot a 99, dropped the very last target. We were shooting a corporate course just for fun yeah. one day and yeah. uh, dropped the very last target. So that no. is not an easy task. Yeah, right. that's not an easy task. So pressure got to, to me. You. Yeah, no, but that's, you know what? That's excellent though. I mean, I would say 70% of the targets we shoot are inside of 35 yards, you know? Exactly. So that's, exactly. that's good practice. That's That's excellent. Well, Kelly, as I was getting ready to say, I know that you like to have fun, and I know you've listened to our podcast. Do you think you'd want to do the rapid-fire questions with us? Absolutely. (laughs) All right. Uh, Jason, you want to take this, or you want me to do it? Sure. What gun do you shoot, Kelly? Um, I have a Fabarm L4S. Okay. What length of barrel? 32 inches. Ported? No. Okay. Uh, Custom stock or factory stock? Factory. Okay. Uh, what chokes do you run? Are they factory chokes or do you have aftermarket? The factory chokes. Okay. Do you have a go-to constriction? Um, I usually use the improved modified, but sometimes improved cylinder. Okay. Um, shells. What, uh, what recipe do you shoot? Whatever I can find. The nice thing about my fab arm is that it is very forgiving. I, you know, so yeah, whatever I can find, I am not picky about shells. Okay. So it doesn't matter seven and a half or eights? No, doesn't matter. Okay. Um, glasses. Uh, what glasses do you use? I have Pila's. Okay. And hearing protection? Uh, Otopros because of you guys. Nice. Oh, very nice. Dr. Grace will be happy. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, vest or a shell bag? I have a bear pelt vest. Again, very because nice. <laughs> very nice. Um, and then uh, I think we covered all of that. Okay, what what's in your bag? We're looking for that lucky rabbit's foot. You carry anything odd in your bag with you? Um, it yeah, I actually have two things in my bag that I think are unusual. One is a Swiss Army knife, which might not be super unusual, but it was a gift from my stepmom. She passed away two and a half years ago from ovarian cancer. The nice thing about a Swiss Army knife is you have you know, the screwdrivers and scissors and a knife, of course, you know, um, all of those things I've actually used at different stations at different times. You know, I have never used the corkscrew at a station. I just want you guys to know that. It's your story. You tell it how you want. Sorry. That's my story. So well, hey, it's, my... it's handy if you win, right? So <laughs> Well, that's after, right? That's after. Yeah, right, so, right, yeah. Yeah, so I, I share my Swiss Army knife. I won't share the toothpick, though. That's the only thing I won't share, so... <laughs> But then the other, um, the other thing that's in my bag, I'm actually an EMT. And and so I have like a basic medical kit, um, with like a stop the bleed kit, but I have band-aids and ibuprofen and diabetic snacks. And that has actually, I've never used the stop the bleed kit, fortunately, but I have used the band-aids and the ibuprofen and I've used that, uh, definitely. So, but those, that's what's in my bag. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for spending a few minutes with us tonight. Um, I, I knew when we met you that, you know, Sean and I had talked about this and it was like, you know what, this is going to be fun. So um, love hearing your story. And and I'm sure that a lot of listeners are going to get a big kick out of it too. And hopefully it inspires someone to, to realize it's, it's never too late to take up shooting. You don't have to be a youth to get started in this game. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for inviting me and letting me share my story. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Our pleasure, Kelly. And we look forward to seeing you down there in the Florida swing. So, uh, yep, we'll good, see you soon. Good luck. All right. Thank you. You too. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right. On the phone with us, Mr. Jim Lowry. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Jason. How about yourself? I'm doing fantastic. Jim, it's good to hear you on the phone. I know we talked for uh, quite a while down there at the Dead Pair Blast back in December. How's life been treating you since then? Well, Sean, it's doing great. Uh, I didn't do as well at Blackjack as I'd like, but uh, that's the name of the game. So we're here to get better. 
Absolutely. <laughs> well, Jim, you, you have a unique story, um, and we know a lot of it. You've told us a lot of it, but for our listeners, um, tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, like, uh, where are you from, uh, where do you live now and how did you get started in this crazy game? Okay, sure. I'll be happy to do that. Number one, I'm honored to, to be invited into your audience. I, if you think I can bring something of value, uh, I hope that's true. Uh, and for somebody who is one, a newbie to the sport and secondly, someone who is not all that good but uh, working hard to get better one uh, bird at a time. Uh, I'm the, the reason I suspect you have me on is I happen to be 85 years old. Uh, I was born uh, right outside of Atlanta, went to Georgia Tech, am an engineer, and uh, kind of think like one, which people tell me is tough for uh, clay shooters. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but anyway, with that as a background, when I about eight years ago, when I was 77 years old, I had never, ever seen a sporting clay. You know, I'd seen them in boxes and shells, but I'd never seen one fly through the air. Didn't know anything about the sport. Didn't know such a thing as sporting clays existed. And uh, I actually was at uh, our local gun range. Uh, Coastal Georgia Gun Club has a rifle range, a pistol range. And I was actually shooting pistol. And had never done that in my life and decided I wanted to learn how to do it. A couple of guys that became friends of mine invited me to go out and, quote, shoot some clays from a manual thrower, which gave you essentially trap shots. And I went out, took my old 1148 Remington, went out and uh, started shooting with him. And in the next couple, few months, let's say the next year or so, uh, a group of us got together, convinced the club that we should have a, uh, a an event that was shooting sporting clays. And we started what's known as Shotgun Tuesday at the Coastal Georgia Gun Club, which is essentially a bunch of old guys and a couple of very young ladies who come out and join us. And we have now eight traps that we put out and, and we shut the range down, put the traps out and we shoot every Tuesday morning. I did that probably for, let's say, roughly five years. And, and if you think about the level of shooting, I was going out and shooting two boxes of, of uh, shells once a week, which is nothing. I mean, it, it just, and I was a lousy shot, by the way. <laughs> I grew up as a kid shooting, uh, uh, bird, we bird hunted and rabbit hunted. And I probably missed a heck of a lot more than I ever hit. So I really was not a, a good shooter then. And, um, you know, not a very good shooter now in relative to the sport. But I started getting a little better. And then a couple of guys convinced me that we should go down to uh, Don Grant's place at Amelia, which is about an hour south of where I am. I, I live in Brunswick, Georgia, which is about an hour north of Jacksonville. And so we started going down every Thursday and shooting sporting clays at Amelia. Well, that sort of got me hooked. And about two years, a year and a half ago now, I said to Susan, I think I'm going to try to get serious about this. And to do that, I've got to take some instruction. And to do that, I've got to, uh, to start shooting more. And that's what I did. Now, let me tell you where the impetus of that came from. Dawn Grant included on her website a link to, quote, Dead Bear Podcast. And I started listening to, to your guys talking to various people. And, and I'd hear Radulovich talk about this, and I'd hear, hear Chad talk about that, and I'd hear very, you guys complain about shooting and what problems you had with it. and and listening to all of the, quote, experts you brought on, particularly the young kids, those are the ones that really inspired me. And I realized I needed instruction. And so one of the things I did is I started looking around and I found T.J. Hawk down at Jacksonville Shotgun, Jacksonville's Sport Clays. I, I ran into him, talked to him, decided I liked him because the sport I in, uh, was involved with through my sort of adult life was golf. 
I played amateur golf uh, at the recreational level, not at the high level in the United States, but at the recreational level, played a lot of golf, had a lot of instruction from very good teachers. And what I was looking for was somebody who would not try to start me off like a 12-year-old and develop somebody into the, a great shooter, but somebody would take an old guy, because you got to remember, at that time now, I'm 83, 84 years old, take me and try to improve what I was doing, with, particularly with the basics of shooting and how to, if you would, how to compete when you went into uh, a match. And so I started doing that about 18 months ago. TJ and I've had probably half dozen intense lessons over that particular period of time. And one of the decisions I made with Susan's approval, by the way, just so you know, I decided I would start shooting three or four times a week. So I now shoot between three and 500 rounds a week. And I would start participating in the reg what we know it now is registered events. So I joined the NSCA, and my first event was October of last year. In uh, uh, the first real match was Vero Beach's Caribbean Classic, but I actually went down to uh, Welch's place, Bradford. In, uh, Bradford, yes. Sorry, I couldn't get it out. I went down to Bradford met a couple of kids down there who were looking for a third and we started shooting and that was that was what got me started into what i think of as registered events so now what i do is i shoot i've, I've signed up by the way i went through the caribbean classic last year and and then the florida championship the the florida classic and the southeast regional and all of those things and what I was trying to find out was what do you what do the experts shoot at when you guys go out and shoot events? What kind of birds of presentations are you seeing? And do I get those at Amelia? Do I get those at uh, Jacksonville? Do I get those at Saltwaters down in St. Augustine? Do I get those when I go to those places to practice? So it's been a real experience for me over the last, let's say, eight or nine months going through that experience. And number one, I've had a heck of a lot of fun. Two, as an old guy, I'm never going to be a, a Malcolm Parker or a Bill McGuire. I'm going to end up being, you know, a, a, a 60 or 70% shooter. I recognize that. But I also recognize that I can have a lot of fun doing that. And I can have an enjoyable time shooting and frankly have met an awful lot of people the two of you are an example of that of people that just that recognize you you say hello to them how have you been and so forth and it, the sport is just so much fun to be involved in and the people are so you know great people i could stop malcolm parker who happens to be from valdosta georgia which is you know a couple of hours away from it and he and i will talk for 20 minutes about whatever we whatever subject has to do with shooting and he's very friendly very welcoming to do that now you got to remember he's been shooting for 30 years but he's also 70 years old so he's starting to approach the area where i live and and how it affects his shooting and so we can talk about those kind of things so it's, it's just been you know a, a really wonderful experience and as far as i'm concerned I really started out with you guys and your presentations as how I sort of got introduced into what I think of as the, the heart of the sport, how it works, how it functions, how the details work and so forth. And I'm now, uh, you won't believe this, but I'm signed up for everything in the Florida swing. <laughs> plus the, the Georgia state championship. And my last one this year is the South Carolina state championship. So I've just decided to do that now. Awesome. You, you guys mentioned you guys mentioned this all the time. This costs a lot of money when you do it that way. Oh yeah. yes. <laughs> Simply, a simple fact is it certainly does. But it has been a great experience. And what I'll do as an old guy, uh, I'm now 85. What I will do at the end of this year, this shooting year, is I'll evaluate how much I really want to shoot in the competitive world. 
going forward. But uh, this is my year of trial. The worry I have, by the way, is raising expectations. Okay, I shot really well up at uh, Old Hudson the other day. I had an 88. Man, that was the greatest feeling in the world. Well, yes, but I came down to Blackwoods and their uh, uh, fee task, and I think I shot a 38 or something like that. So you look at it and say, well, there's another 50 around there someplace. But you have <laughs> yeah. to recognize that. At, at my level, you have to say that's going to happen. A, a bad day is going to give you a bad score. Nothing you can do about it, but you just have a lot of fun and meet great people. So, Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, Jim, and that's the thing. You know, what you said was, uh, well, you, you thought that maybe we were having you on because you're 85. Well, that was part of it. And that was, you know, why we're talking about uh, – we had Kelly Carter on earlier. You know her, and she's very bubbly. By the way, it, it, no insult to Kelly because this is the old guy thing. <laughs> I happened to see her down at uh, Blackjack, and I said, Kelly, you know this is no insult to you. <laughs> no, not at all. No. Basically, you guys came up to us and along with another handful of people and, and you know, said the, the, the typical stuff like, hey, you know, we were listening to you guys. We got started in the sport because of you guys or partially because of you guys. And, you know, the, the big thing that we're trying to convey is no matter the cost, the money, or whatever you want to say about your shooting abilities, it's fun. And it's a good group of people to interact with. Absolutely. One of my arguments is if you got 1,200 of your friends walking around, all of them with shotguns on your shoulder, everybody is friendly. That's right. Yeah, that's I, right. Haven't run it, I haven't run into the grouch yet. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you know, Jim, we we had some questions here, but you, you've answered. You, no, you've answered most of them. Um, so let me let me ask you this: okay. If maybe someone's listening to this, and their son or grandson is into shooting, and they've they've thought about it, but ah, I'm too old or whatever. What what's your what what do you have to say to that person? I mean, how do you get them off the couch and get them to come shoot? Number one is uh, if you've got a grandson that's shooting, go out and watch him shoot because I'm going to tell you something. When those kids do that, I don't care what level they are. They can be master class or they can be brand new. I I took two of my grandsons out to our local club and had them shoot. Their eyes get as wide as saucers when the clay breaks. <laughs> I'm serious. I don't care. I don't care how difficult or easy it is. Just let the gun go up, go off, and the clay break. I eyes just get wide open. What I would suggest to anybody who has somebody that can influence them is just go out and try. You don't have to be an expert. You don't have to dream of being Malcolm Parker. You don't have to dream to be a master class shooter. What you just do is go out and enjoy. And by the way, you had Matt Miller on your show, and he yeah. gave he gave me a piece of advice. I'm dying to see him to tell him how much I thank him for this. And you were you had him on because you were asking him how did he improve up to a, a I guess the top rung of shooters, and yet he's young. He's got a young family. He was building a home, and he has a job. He works 60 hours a week. And what Matt said was the following. I want to be the best I can with the innate skills I may have, with the financial resources I have available, and the time I have available with both my work and family and work. With all those things, I want to be the best I can be. And I'm going to tell you, that's exactly where I am right now. I want to be the best I can be with the, the time that I have to commit to it. And time means a lot different to me than it does to a 35-year-old uh, Matt Miller. But it, it, it means I've only got a few number of years left that I'm going to be able to go out and effectively do this. So I have to accelerate things. But with that said, the time I have, the time I can commit each week, and Susan still expects us to do the landscaping around our house, okay? <laughs> Third, with the financial resources that I can commit to it. And and finally, the innate skill that I held within. Whatever my hand-eye coordination is, whatever my uh, vision acuity is, whatever all those things are, I want to be the best I can be. That's just me. You don't have to uh, try to achieve that. You can just go out to have a good time. And that's what I would advise anybody who's who has any interest or he listens to you at all. I don't care what your age is. I don't care 
what your situation is. If, if your best you can, I've got friends, by the way, who will take two boxes of shells once a week, and that is all I'm going to shoot, Jim. That's all I want to shoot. Do you have a good time? Yeah, I have a great time. And they that's all they want to do. They do other things with their lives. I just happen to have fallen into this, if you would, in such a way that I want to spend 300 rounds a week trying to get better. That is uh, just that that is awesome and you know even your friends that are only shooting a couple boxes as long as they're enjoying the sport for what it is yep. there's nothing wrong with that i mean no if you guys ever want to listen to a whole bunch of old guys have a really great time shooting come out to shotgun tuesday and you'll find out that 97 percent of it's social three percent of it is is technical shooting but we all have a great time and the reason we're there is to shoot the darn clays out of scotch there you go <laughs> So let me let me ask you this, Jim, and I know what you were saying about Matt and, and wanting to do wanting to be the best you can be, and that's just that's very commendable. Um, but as far as um, goals, do you have any specific goals for your your tournaments and for shooting? The the only goal that I've ever come up with that made any sense for me is I would like to shoot within twenty points of HOA at every tournament. And just so you know, I've been doing this for roughly a year now. I've done it one time. Okay? I mean, that that, that yeah. shows you how difficult that is for me. Uh, well, it's difficult for anybody. <laughs> Trust me. I'm a 60% shooter is, a, is kind of a normal. Okay? For example, at Blackjack, I had a, I don't know, in two or three events, I had a, a 59, a 60, and a 69. So I'm essentially a 60% shooter. But I'm shooting the same things that Malcolm Parker's shooting at, or Jason Rambo is shooting at. Well, don't don't you include know. me with the grades because I don't. My name doesn't <laughs> belong in there. <laughs> I, th I think you get a little bit of uh, congratulations for winning your class oh, down you, at sir. Blackjack. Yes, I, I noticed that. <laughs> uh, that. That's what they call the the blind hog gets an acorn every now and then, right? So you know, I'm, I'm looking for my for my acorn. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to find. Sean and I have been searching desperately. So yes, but, I understand. <laughs> but no, it, that's that's very commendable. I mean, you know, it's Sean and I go to a lot of tournaments, and sometimes even a local tournament for us to come within twenty points of HOA. That's very yep. difficult yep. to do. But that's yep. that's yep. a very commendable goal, though. I like that. That's yep. you know, that's well, perfect. See, for I'm, you. I, if you think about that, I've got. That means I need to shoot in the mid to upper seventies, and and that's a work in progress for me. I get it occasionally, but not very often. So I keep working at it. TJ's got me some, doing some drills to try to, as as he says, and I and Radolovich says this, and and all the, the you know Anthony says this, and so forth. Is you've got to hit all of the clays that you're comfortable with. Don't worry about the seventy yarders. If you get one out of five, one out of four of those, or one out of three, that's good. But darn it, you got to get all those twenty fives. That's right. That's what I'm working on right now. And that's the, I'll give you an example, blackjack. One station, I looked at it. I, I was the third shooter. I was certain I knew how to hit those. I had my plan in place. Uh, dead pair, lost pair, dead pair, lost pair. You can't do that. You've got to get rid of those lost pairs in there. Yeah. Well, now, it just kills you. Now you're shooting. Now you sound like me shooting, Jim. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let me tell you what keeps you sane in this business, okay? And that is, I don't care how good you are, the best in the world shoot 100 very seldom. That's right. So, so you know, if Jim Lowry thinks he can shoot 60 and he shoots a 68, he feels really good about it. If he thinks he's a 70 shooter, uh, good luck. You know, it ain't going to happen all the time. So. Yeah, well, and that's that's good. That's a good advice, Jim, because I think most people, when they get into competitive shooting, it definitely goes more towards you know how good they're going to do, what their score is, and the bottom line is, and what me and Jason preach all the time, you're saying it too. Have fun, enjoy the experience. At least go out there and just you know make make a memory, make some friends. I mean, that's what's important in life. So you know, you know, I have this dream that somewhere I'll get in a shoot off with one of the big guys for some reason. I can't imagine it happening, but just say it happens. And somebody's going to ask me if I'm nervous. And I said, "You are you kidding? At my <laughs> age, I'm here. 
the guy that's got to be nervous is him because he might lose to this 80-year-old gawker over here. Well, and he's the one that's got the problem, not me. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I shot off against Malcolm Parker in the make or break. Uh, right. And they, we're talking about the nicest, probably one of, yep. if not the nicest man in sporting clays. Yes, and, yes. And I have so much respect for him, and, and I consider him such a good friend. And yep. I was so nervous. I about couldn't get the shells in the gun. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, and then yep. when I won – as great of a feeling as that was, I felt bad because I, I beat a guy that I look up to so much. Yes, you know? absolutely. Yep, so, sure. but you know, it, Malcolm's a, a great guy, and of course, he yep. was an awesome sport about it. But uh, yep. you know, I I know what you're saying, Jim. Yeah. Yep. Um. Hey, Jim. Real quick before we let you go, um, you want to do a rapid fire with us, real quick? Sure. Sean, you want to take this one? Yeah, I'll take this one. Absolutely. All right, Jim. You've heard this before, so let me run it down through here. All right, what kind of gun do you shoot with? Uh, Browning, 725. Okay, and what length are your barrels? 32. Okay, and do you have those ported or unported? Ported. Okay. By the way, they came that way. I didn't have anything to do with it. Okay, that's the Browning porting. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, do you use factory chokes or aftermarket? Uh, I just use the Browning chokes. I see in it and uh, uh, what? Light modified. Okay, all right. And by the way, just so though, I don't worry about I don't change them out. I at a 60% shooting rate, forget the chokes. Think about the birds. <laughs> That's yeah. good advice. Good advice. Uh, what, what about your shells? Do you have any specific recipe or brand you like to use? You had somebody on your show, a young lady, if I remember, and you asked her that question, and she said, the cheapest one I can find. And I said, I finally had somebody say it the way I do it. <laughs> <laughs> I, by the way, I just figured out somebody uh, taught me that the one ounce is just as good as the one and an eighth, and I can get them a ten dollars a box, a ten dollars a flat cheaper. I'm buying one ounces for now. They all good. Fiocchi is good. I, I listened to your podcast when you had the Fiocchi manager on. They're good shells. I, I've got about ten or twelve cases of those, and I use uh, the Nobels I've got, but simply because they're the ones I could get the best deal on. There you go. There you go. Uh, what about your stock? You got a standard stock or, or standard custom stock? stock? Standard okay. stock. And by the way, it, just so you know, it, it has been offset. Uh, Kelsey down at Jacksonville uh, Sporting Clays offset it for me because my shoulder droops and I've got an offset on the on the the uh, on the stock so that it uh, fits my eyes and it and the gun points where I'm looking. So that's very important, and that's definitely a good detail for everybody. Uh, what what about your shooting glasses? Anything particular there? I just, you would like to know this. Two weeks ago, I got my pilots. So, okay. Uh, what about your ear protection? Uh, I actually have been uh, wearing muffs. Uh, they're I don't know Auto Pro or whatever they're called, and uh, I've just had them uh, the the ears ink fittings molds made, and they're on their way. Okay. I'm using passive ones for that because uh, I think that will work better than, than for me than the electronics and so forth. Gotcha. And are you a vest shooter or shell bag shooter? Uh, vest. Okay. Browning vest. Gotcha. Only because gotcha. it's the cheapest one you can buy that works. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, I gotcha. There's a theme there. Uh, and last, last but not least, anything weird that you carry in your bag, like a lucky rabbit's foot or four leaf clover, or anything like that, that people would want to know about? Uh, I knew you were going to ask that question, and I, I do not have anything at all weird in my bag. Okay, that's all right. Yeah, I, I carry a knife, so I need to pry out a shell. I'll need that. Have never had to use it, and that's about it. Gotcha. Well, Jim, I'll tell you what, dude, I, I've had a ball here listening yeah. to you. And this is the, exactly the reason why we wanted you and Kelly on, because you guys are absolutely 100% engaged in this sport. You're having a ball, um, and, it, and it doesn't matter that you know, you're new, and you're just having fun, and that's what we preach every week. So thank you so much for spending time with us. I, I want you to know how much good you do to people like me. Now, I can't tell you there's thousands of me around, but for me personally, Dead Pair Podcast has been the way that I learned about how the industry, how the, if you would, the sport or the industry works. And it's helped a great deal. So I'm most appreciative of the work you guys do. 
Thank you. This Thank is you. useful to your your audience. I'm I'm grateful for that. Okay. I guarantee it is. I guarantee it is. And we thank you, Jim, for yeah, being we, here. Yeah, we definitely appreciate you 100%. Good. Look forward to seeing you at the Classic and Jack Links, okay? We'll, Absolutely. We'll see you we'll down there. To, we'll try to say hello, yes. <laughs> All right, Jim. Well, thank you so much. You have a great night and look forward to talking to you soon. Okay. Take care. Good night, guys. Uh-huh. See you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Sean, there's two stories right there. We say every week, take someone new shooting, right? Yep. There's two there's two perfect stories right there of people that regardless of age are enjoying the sport. Absolutely. Um, and we need to hire them to do our, our wrap up every podcast because all they would do is sell the sport to more and more people. <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh but you know what? They both talked about getting some help, some instruction, some teaching. And for those that maybe don't have access to a coach or maybe they're, you know, looking for some advice, maybe they don't have time to work with a coach. We have a questions for the coaches with Tracy Wright. Let's get that man on right now. All right. Joining us back again, Tracy Wright. Tracy, how's things been? Good, good. How are you guys? Well, hey, listen, we, we got a couple of people that wrote in and asked to to uh, have you answer these questions for the coaches. Um, uh, Sean, if you want, I'll go ahead and rip this first one off. Go for it. Uh, Jeremiah asks, um, when building a pre-shot routine, should I be incorporating physical triggers? Uh, does it have to be exact every time? I am having a hard time building a routine that will calm me down, and I was wondering if this would help. So I think if I understand the question correctly, I think maybe physical triggers in regards to when to pull the trigger. Is that how I'm interpreting well, it? I don't know if that's and I don't, I can't speak for the gentleman here. This is again, people give us more information. Um, but I remember there was a podcast. Um, it's been, Oh man, it's probably been five, six years ago. Wendell Cherry talked about his pre-shot routine and everything that he did physically triggered something in his pre-shot routine. Like a physical trigger, like when his hand, when his back hand went to the palm swell and you know, that kind of thing. So I, I don't know if that's what he's referring to, but we'll go with that. Well, I'll, I'll answer kind of both questions, I guess, uh, <laughs> to, to a degree. So um, in terms of like, if you talk about physical triggers, it's really, really important to me that everything I do, how I load my gun, how I close my gun, they're all setting the tempo for everything I do after that. So even when I, um, when I set up my gun, because I like to go to hold point two, break point one, and back to hold point two, even the speed in which I do that, I'm trying not to, not to accelerate myself. So I want to keep in a nice, calm baseline, uh, baseline uh, place psychologically. So I'm loading my gun calmly in the whole ball of wax. Um, so yes. So in terms of like physical triggers, just through my process and pre-shot routine. Yes. I'm very conscious of that. Um, if he means like physical triggers in terms of like when you pull the trigger, um, I'm really, really trying to have a felt connection with the target or a visual connection before I pull that trigger. Okay. Um, that's usually that window to that subconscious execution. Um, so absolutely paying attention to everything I do as soon as I step in that box. That makes perfect sense. Cool. Yeah. All right, Tracy, changing gears. Uh, we've got another question from Katie. Um, Katie says, as a new shooter, I hear people talk all the time about picking out details on a clay target. I'm not sure if I have bad eyes, but rarely do I feel like I see enough detail to where it seems to help me. Can you help explain what I should be looking for that will really help my shooting? Yeah. So a lot of times, what I've noticed with most of the time when I'm working with people is they're always splitting a degree of their focus. So I'm a firm believer in whatever you give the profile of the rib takes away from the target. So if you're allowing your, your, uh, your eyes to, to, to see 20% of that rib, you're taking away 20% of the target and it's going to take you that much longer or prevent you from seeing detail on the bird. It's, it has a little bit to do with fear of getting so close in terms of your focus to that target that you lose peripheral knowledge of the gun. So there's that. The other aspect is tell your eyes what they need to see. So I'm a firm believer in telling yourself before you even call where you want your eye to go. And so I'll tell myself the leading edge of a specific bird and I'll tell my eye, you're going to go to four o'clock or you're going to go to 12 o'clock, wherever it might be. 
but give yourself more to work off of. Tell yourself what spot and uh, don't, don't predetermine that you're going to see detail that is not possible to see. Um, make sure that you know that um, I don't see the center cap. I don't see the dome or anything like that or rings or lines, but I do see sharp edges. So really important to make sure that the detail you're looking for is even present. Yeah. And that's probably going to change in all kinds of conditions, right? I mean, lighting is going to be different, whether you're throwing a target into a blue sky versus a, a green, like bushy background. I mean, that that's all got a lot to do with what you see, right? Absolutely. And even in even the amount of time that you have to spend with the bird, I mean, you might have to shoot a target before it's completely clear and developing an acceptance for that before you call pull. It's super, super important because you won't trust the shot at the trigger pull and you've got to trust yourself when you're pulling the trigger. So making sure you're seeing detail that's obtainable is very important. Nice. That makes perfect sense. Would you take it a step farther, Tracy, and say that if uh, a person like Katie here or even my antique self um, that doesn't have good eyes, um, maybe necessarily not finding that detail, but where you're looking at that target. In other words, are you at four o'clock or are you at two o'clock or you know what I mean? Um, Absolutely. That's, I mean, I think that's just as critical, don't you? Yeah, most definitely. You know, and when you're picking out your breakpoints, you know, I mean, I really, I, I'm, I don't fall into it's in transition. It's dropping. I'm afraid of that. I'm avoiding that. It really doesn't matter to me. If I can see it really well there, I'm going to select a method that's going to give me the highest percentage of, of, of consistency there. And that's where I'm going to shoot that target. I rarely avoid um, specific areas if I can see the target best. Um, and then really accept what are you seeing in that window? You know, do you see the front edge? Do you see a glimmer off a of black target? A lot of times shine on black targets um, is something that I cue off of. But if you throw me like a pink target or a white target or something like that, or even black targets, you have a tendency to not see the same degree of detail that you will on like an orange dome right. or, uh, or something like that. So um, really pick out where you plan to break that target and accept what does that image look like? How much clarity does it offer you? And look for that. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. A lot of people spend so much time trying to look for detail that's not obtainable and they just don't pull the trigger or they hesitate. It really prevents them from committing to the shot. Yeah. No, that's, that's very, very well said. I love it. Well, Tracy, it's always a pleasure to have you on here. And these were great answers for these two questions for these people. So hopefully uh, you help them out in a big way. Yeah. Thanks, Tracy. We appreciate you doing this, man. Uh, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Always yeah. good to talk to you guys. Well, um, Trace, we look forward to catching up with you to shoot soon, man. I know you're not. Absolutely. No, you weren't able to make it to Nationals. We missed you there. But uh, no, we'll we'll need to catch up soon. Sounds good. Sounds good. I look forward to it. All right. Yeah. We'll talk at you later, Tracy. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Take care, gentlemen. Have yes, a good sir. night. Bye-bye. The well, Jason, I tell you what, this was a fun podcast. Um, I mean, we met those guys down at the Dead Pair Blast, and I was really impressed. Jim came up to me the first morning, introduced himself, and I heard a little bit of his story. And, you know, 84 years old, just started shooting. I'm like, what? Wow, I, I, we got to talk to this guy some more. Yeah. And then Kelly came up to us later the next day, uh, talked to her, very similar story. And I know there was at least a half a dozen others that had a similar story. Those guys were just absolutely balls of energy and you could hopefully hear that in the podcast guys because they are just uh, fun people to talk to number one and number two they are very passionate about the sport well you know the the big thing is is we always have the pros on like you know first of all thank you to to tracy wright for doing the questions for the coaches um we always have the pros on because we want to get good information out and try and help people um thus the questions to the coaches but i think it's really cool i mean i know kelly's an e-class shooter and i don't know what class Jim is in, um, but th the point is they have a cool story and it's something I think somebody will get something out of it. You know, maybe it'll encourage some more people to shoot. Maybe it'll encourage people to go out and, and get more people into shooting. So, but you know what? Not every episode needs to be a big education hour. And, uh, 
this is definitely cool stories that I think needed to be shared. So yeah, absolutely. It just reinforces what we're trying to do with the podcast. And, and again, it was just really nice hearing from those guys that we actually had something to do with them getting started. So yeah. And, and they're both in some way, shape or form patronizing our sponsors. So absolutely. Um, we, we greatly appreciate that too. And I know our sponsors do too. So, um, Sean, you've taken two new people this month. Sorry. You only get credit for one, uh, one a month. Oh, uh, come on. Come, no, 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 no. It's part of the dead pair challenge. And you know what? <laughs> okay. You know what? I have to take two next month because my neighbor that I was supposed to take, we had to cancel and reschedule and it's coming. So, okay. I'm, so when I'm, you take two, it counts as two, but when Sean takes two, it counts as one. <laughs> I just, I just want to make sure I'm getting this straight. You see how this works? You know, I'm, I'm seeing how it's worked. I'm not surprised uh, right. at all, but I, <laughs> you know, it's, it's look after 30 years of friendship, you should have known a long time ago, dude. Yeah. I, I shouldn't even open my mouth. It's your turn to buy. I bought last Last time i know it's two in a row dude and then i only had to buy once next time so you know yep Sounds but anyway <laughs> <laughs> well hey everyone look we don't need to say it it's it's been said already in this show is take someone who's shooting take them to a tournament uh i think you see it's never too late it's never too old it's never too young take them shooting um Sean Alley, we have the Dead Pair Challenge. Of course, if you guys haven't checked it out yet, make sure you get to our website. It's slowly building. Uh, give us a minute. Uh, the clubs tab, the coaches tab. Uh, there's going to be ways there to access clubs and coaches across the country. Um, it's it's our easy button. If you're a club or a coach and you want to get on there, it's real simple. Just click the Get Listed button right on those tabs and get yourself signed up. Absolutely. I think that's going to be a big help, especially with as many new shooters that we tend to bring into the sport. And that's just a, a streamlined way of finding coaches and clubs that are in your area or finding coaches and clubs that might be to, uh, somewhere that you might be traveling. And that way you can hook up with them there. Right. Exactly. Well, Sean, Alley, this has been a big show and it's been an awesome one. It's been a lot of fun. But until next week, my friend. Can't wait to see you all back here on the Dead Pair Podcast. We'll see you next time on the Dead Pair Podcast. The Dead Pair. The Dead Pair Podcast is brought to you by Elite Shotguns and Vero Beach Clay Shooting and is fueled by Fioki USA. The Dead Pair theme song was written, arranged, and produced by Toby Tomplay. Special thanks to the following sponsors. Rhino, Odo Pro, Don Grant, Atlas Trap Company, and R.E. Ranger.